how amazing it is that God wants to show off with our lives. He wants to show his glory. I want nothing else. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about whoever listening, but I don't want anything else for my life than God being glorified. I don't care what it makes me go through. I don't care. I don't care what it will cost me. But I'm satisfied of just to see God glorified. Hey guys, my name is Jemima and welcome back to the Diary of Jesus Kid podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for tuning in today. And if you're returning listener, welcome back. What's good? I hope you're great. I hope you're good. Um, I am certainly doing really well, um, especially um, today. Um, as probably you can tell from my voice that I am really excited and you get to know why in a second um but yeah i hope you guys are good um this i guess i forgot to say like on the last episode like happy new month guys it's april we love april over here um it's the second quarter of the year and i just think that's crazy that you know this year is going by really really fast um but yeah uh, okay so let's just get into it right okay so I'll tell you a short story of what happened this morning. Um, so I don't know if this thing happens to you guys. Um, that you might go into prayer with like one topic in mind or like a specific you know thing that you want to pray about. Um, and then it sort of feels like the Holy Spirit just like hijacks it. I think I've heard one of my pastors say that often. And today I actually like just realized oh that actually happened today right because i was praying about something entirely different and i don't know how i got to this scripture i i'm sitting here trying to retrace like okay wait what led to this like what was i praying about or like what just made me open this in my bible and actually like read from it right and i can't i still can't tell you like how um but it just happened that i just came back to one of my favorite scriptures in the bible like absolute favorites and it's second corinthians 12 verse 9 and i'll read from the nlt first and it says each time he said my grace is all you need my power works best in weakness so now i am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of christ can work through me and verse 10 says that's why i take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships persecutions and troubles that i suffer for christ for when i am weak then I am strong. And, you know, I read that verse and I've read it before and I loved it, right? You know, this is Paul talking about an infirmity he had. Um, He called it a messenger of Satan, right? Um, To keep him humble. And he, he was just saying here that he told God three times, he cried to God three times that God should take it away from him. Right, there are a lot of speculations that it might have been a physical thing, you know, it might have been it might have been anything. We don't exactly know. We're not told um what exactly it was. Um, but it was just something that bothered Paul, right? And he's saying, you know, I've come to God three times about this, I prayed about this over and over again. And every time I pray, God is saying the same thing. His response hasn't changed. He says, My grace is all you need, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And I think it didn't really, like, 
blow my mind as much as it did when I read it in like other translations. So I'm just going to read a couple of the translations to you really quickly and I hope that you can like just start to like feel the way I felt. I hope I wasn't just like crazy. Um, so I'm just going to read it from the Passion Translation uh, first and so it says, but he answered me, my grace is all is always more than enough for you and my power finds its full expression through your weakness so i will celebrate my weaknesses for when i'm weak i sense more deeply the mighty power of christ living in me so i'm not defeated by my weakness but delighted for when i feel my weakness and endure mistreatment when i'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for christ i am made yet stronger for my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. That's one of my favorite lines in that verse. And, you know, while I was just like doing a little cross-reference and just like looking at it in different translations to sort of like see like the different wordings used, I think it was this one um, from this translation that really just struck me in very different ways. And, you know, it says my power finds its full expression through your weakness and i was like wow you know it just gives a whole perspective shift you know how you see your weaknesses and how you see things that naturally you would say disqualify you right things that make you feel not good enough for god to use you and god's like yes that's an avenue for my power right yes you can count your weaknesses i literally told myself so okay you can count your weaknesses but then you see that those are just more opportunities for god to shine his light for god's power to be made perfect they are portals for god's power to come through right and i was just really resonating with that i was like yes god i was like i was just like declaring that over myself and then the holy spirit told me something i thought was really profound and you know even before all of this happened i didn't quite have like what i was going to talk about for this week like i didn't have a clear code i obviously do have a couple of ideas lots of ideas right but i didn't really have one thing but like i felt like as i was talking and talking to myself in prayer um you know, I just felt led to just take my phone and just start recording um, some kind of a voice note just so that I can keep track on it. Because sometimes when those things are coming, I don't know if this just happens with me, uh, but when it's coming like that, if I don't record it, you know, I might I might lose my train of thought. I might lose some of the things that, you know, the Holy Spirit has put in my mind. So that's just one way I just keep track of it. And so if you're that kind of person too, you might want to start like recording things and just say it back to yourself and basically preach to yourself. Because this was me this morning. I was basically preaching to myself um, through the Holy Spirit. Anyways, that's just by the way. Um, but while I was doing that and I was talking to myself and then he said something very profound and he said, some things are not weaknesses it's not everything that you might see is a weakness or that you might count as a, as a weakness that is actually a weakness and i explained what i mean by that or what he explained to me that that means um so he gave me a couple of examples right you know what he's saying with paul here paul is saying that you know I have this thorn in my flesh. I have this thing that is really troubling me. I can't do anything about it, right? I've tried. Because if Paul could do something about it, if it was something that he could 
you know maybe it's a habit or a skill or something that he could he could i believe like with the knowledge that paul had he would have obviously done something about it he would have tried you know options but the fact that the mere fact that he's coming to god about it and he's crying to god about it in prayer means that he has tried his options he cannot do anything about it and god say god is saying yes i'm also not going to do anything about it that is i leave that there i want that there because my power can walk through that i can use that right and i was just thinking about that and you know holy spirit is like saying okay that is a weakness you know a weakness in my eyes is something that you can't do anything about so there are some things in your life that you might count as a weakness but you can actually work on right it's just you know your inexperience for example is not a weakness sometimes it might be a weakness but sometimes you just need to gain that experience right you can understudy someone you can watch how people are doing it and you can gain that experience you know when you're applying for jobs and it's always interesting to me that every job is asking for like your resume but how do you get the first job like how i do not have the experience that's why i want this job so i can gain that experience um but i love that in the faith you can gain that experience you can watch how people do it right people that are more experienced than you you can ask questions and all of that right so that might not be a weakness for you but one particular weakness that we see very common in the bible is age right paul tells timothy that don't let anyone despise your youth don't let anybody look down on you because you are young and that's in first timothy 4 verse 12 if i'm not mistaken he says but be an example to all believers in word in conduct in speech in your faith in purity in love and I just really love that scripture. And you see it again in Jeremiah. You know, God is sending, God is saying, Jeremiah, I've, I've called you. I've appointed you even, you know, in your mother's womb. I've appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah is like, wait, hold up. Like, you can't use me, God. I'm too young. Like, you cannot speak through me. Like, hello, I am just like, I'm a teenager. I'm young. You can't use me. And God's like, don't say that. Don't say that you're too young, Jeremiah. I will use you. It's you I'm going to use. And I really just found that very, very interesting. Um, but that is what the Holy Spirit was trying to show me is that your age is a weakness that you can't do something about. You can't change your age. It's not your fault that you are young. But God can use that. And it's as though, like, all through the Bible, those were the kind of people he was going for. He wasn't going for the people that were perfect, that seemed to have it all together. Heck, he went for the weakest of links. I'm not even sure that's that's grammatically correct. Like, what is weakest of links? He goes for the weakest link. He goes for the person that has been looked down on. The person that... You know, doesn't seem to amount to anything. The person that everybody will overlook. You know, I find it interesting when you think about David and Goliath and you're just like, you know, David is just coming with a slingshot. And it was very funny to Goliath. Like, of all the men I see, with all their armors I see, you bring a boy, a child. It was probably very insulting to Goliath. 
But when the Bible says he uses the foolish things to confound the wise, he really does. Because look at the kind of person he chose. A boy with a slingshot. You know, David could have seen that scene and just be like, okay, I'm going to go for, go to the gym, hit the gym for a week and build up some muscles and learn how to fight better. And then I'll come back and fight Goliath. No. Because like, yeah, you're weak. But my power can be expressed through that. My power can find expression in that. I can use that. I can use the fact that you're weak. I can use the fact that you don't have the strength. And we see how God used that. But you know the amazing thing that he least pointed my attention to while I was thinking about that? He said, so I used David in that moment. My power found expression in his weakness in that moment. But David did not stay weak. Never again was it recorded in the Bible that after Goliath, he went on to keep fighting with his slingshot. No. He had to grow up. He overcame that weakness, if that's something I'm allowed to say. He now gained that experience. So he wasn't experienced with using an armor. He wasn't experienced with using a sword. But he gained it. He now began to fight with a sword. He began to fight with armor. So my point here is, there are some weaknesses that can be dealt with. So I'm not just going to sit down and say, God, you said, your grace is all I need. Your power works best in my weakness. So I have an exam coming up, for example, an organic chemistry exam. And I don't know how to solve a problem. Or for Maybe I'm in an exam hall and I just sit down and I'm like, God, I don't know this thing. I'm weak in this area. I'm weak in this subject. But your power is made perfect in my weakness. So I receive it and I believe it. I'm going to fail. Like, there's no two way about it. Like, there's no gray area. I am going to fail. If I sit down there and say God's power is made perfect in my weakness. And this is a weakness. God, this is an opportunity for you. I'm like, God, come through. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen that... um, that little audio that's like holy spirit activate holy spirit so i'm just like holy spirit activate like i'm weak here so holy spirit activate do your thing i will fail like there's no magic there god is not a magician i am going to fail that subject because that is a weakness i can deal with okay i know that i'm not very strong in this subject but i can sit down and study i can get a textbook I can meet people that know better. Wow, I'm really just preaching to myself over here. But I just hope this is resonating with somebody. That there are some weaknesses you can do something about. And that's not the kind of weakness that God is talking about here. Laziness is not a weakness. This is something the Holy Spirit told me. Laziness is not a weakness. Your indiscipline is not a weakness. In fact, I love... The scripture that says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. I think that's 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. Yeah, the Timothys is, <laughs> I think I'm really resonating with the book of like the two like Timothy books. Um, But here, Paul is telling Timothy that God has not given you a spirit of fear. He gives you power, love, and some version says, and self-discipline. And I love that so much. So if anything, he has actually given you that spirit of self-discipline. So you can sit down and be disciplined. 
So you can't sit down and say, God, that's a weakness I have. It's an opportunity for your power to work. No, you can do something about it. You can wake up when you need to wake up. You can sit down and study when you need to study. And I find it interesting that um, the thing about discipline is you don't need a touch from heaven to learn to be disciplined. If that was needed, I don't think non-Christians or non-believers will be able to master the art of discipline. You see a lot of successful people and they tell you their secret is discipline, is consistency. They didn't have to like it, right? You don't always have to want to do something before you do it. If you wait, you know, I've heard Pastor Aaron say this often, that if you wait to feel like praying before you pray, you're never going to have a prayer life. And that's the truth. Because everybody that was disciplined in the Bible, in culture, they did what they needed to do regardless of how they felt. And so discipline is not a weakness. You can work on it. Your laziness is not a weakness. You can fix up. He has given you a spirit of power. You can get up and do what you need to do. And you know, he was just telling me that if you can't handle little tasks that you have to do, for example, studying for your exams, if you can't handle that, that normal people, non-believers can handle, how do you want to handle things that I have to give you? How do you want to handle my assignments? If you've not practiced the art of discipline with for example, just Bible study, that you can't discipline yourself. And we talked ex- extensively about it last week. How it's important to prioritize Bible study and eat the Word of God. So if you can't master that simple art of just being consistent, that every day I will study my Word, I will study, maybe I'll study one chapter. If you can't do that consistently, how do you want to handle things that I have for you? How do you want to handle assignments that I have for you? Because that's not a weakness. It's something you can work on. And he gives you a spirit of power to help you. The spirit that is inside of us quickens our mortal bodies. And so I just really love that contrast because when coming to Jeremiah and Jeremiah is saying... God, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And God's saying, don't say you're too young. And if you go back, and let, and this is just in Jeremiah 1, and if you read further in that chapter, you see that God says, see, I have God touched Jeremiah's mouth and put his words in his, in his mouth. I really love that. Because Jeremiah was sitting like, God, I'm inexperienced. I haven't taught the word of God before I haven't spoken a word before like what do you mean you're going to use me and God's like see I have put my words in your mouth now so at that moment God dealt with any experience so I hope you're seeing now that there's some weaknesses that God wants to deal with right now there are some things that like Paul he his power gains expression in that his power is made perfected in it. There's some weaknesses that are portals for his power, but then there are some that he deals with on the spot. So like with Jeremiah, he dealt with that. 
and if you continue reading that book and i really do encourage you to read jeremiah because i remember the first time i read it, i was like wow there's just so much it's so packed and to see what this guy did he did so many amazing things and he also went through a lot you know and you just see that he will prophesy about something and it will come to pass and you can't tell me that that didn't you know assure him that indeed god is with me i don't think he will go back again you know it wasn't recorded in the bible that jeremiah went back again to say i'm too young he never did that again to the point where I found it very interesting that God would give Jeremiah a word for the king. And Jeremiah would give the word to the king. Like, he's literally telling the king that, listen, you're going to die. Like, there's no two way around it. You're going to die. And then, in the very next breath, Jeremiah is humbling himself. He's like, please don't let me die. Don't leave me in this cistern. I'm going to die here. I just found that very interesting that... Just two seconds ago, you were so bold to look me in the eye and tell me that I'm going to die. Now you're coming to beg me for your life, to spare your own life. And it's just very interesting, the contrast. Um, But that was really just by the way. And I hope you're seeing that, you know, you need the Holy Spirit and you need wisdom to know what weaknesses do you want to deal with God like okay i feel alone right now i feel like i have nobody i feel like uh, you know i'm just out here figuring it out on my own are you trying to use this god or can i fix this is there a way i can fix this that i've probably been blocking and that's something i really resonate with so much you know we see it with, again with moses and i found moses own really really interesting to me you know because god is like okay moses i've seen what the israelites are going through and i'm going to use you you know to speak to pharaoh to let my people go and god tells him all these things and then moses starts he starts engaging god in a back and forth and he's like how would they believe that you said to me and he's like okay there's a word in your hand right show them this miracle you know throw it on the floor and turns to a snake show them this miracle they're gonna believe you and he's like god okay what do i say that you are who do i say spoke to me and he says tell them i am i'm the god of abraham isaac and jacob right you know he goes again like you know how pharaoh believe me and you know he goes so many excuses and the final one he's like God, yes, I've seen all that you've done, and I've seen that indeed you are with me and all that, but I can't speak. I'm a stammer, I, c- I cannot speak, I cannot say a full sentence. I can't even talk to my dad, I can't even, you know, preach a word to my dad. How do you expect me to go before Pharaoh? We're talking king of Egypt kind of Pharaoh. I think, you know, maybe because we're reading it in words, we didn't actually see this live. But with the kind of person, you know, the, the time they were in, Pharaoh was like the big gun, you know. Pharaoh was, I can't really liken him to one president right now. 
But Pharaoh was a really important guy. The most important, maybe. You know, he's the king of Egypt. He has all power and you're telling a stammerer. So how is he going to go before Pharaoh? And when I tell you that God really does have a sense of humor, he really, really, really does. Like, no one can convince me that God doesn't have a sense of humor. Because all through the Bible, you see how he uses the the worst of the worst, you know. And it's just this, this, it kind of like feels ironic almost. But he's saying, yes, Moses. And God's reply to Moses is that, am I not the one that created the mouth? Like, don't you realize that I can give you a new mouth if I choose to? And God tells him, I will give you my mouth. You won't be speaking through your own mouth. You will speak through mine. And Moses is still reluctant. Like, "Mm -mm. God, you know what? Just send someone else. I'm not doing this. I can't do this. Send someone else. And the beautiful thing I love about this is that God's like, okay, fine. I will get someone else. Your brother Aaron, right? Okay. But I will speak to you and you will speak to Aaron. And Aaron will speak to Pharaoh. Since Aaron can speak well, he doesn't have a speech problem. But you see, Moses was trying to get rid of that responsibility like okay god pick someone else just go find yourself someone else but god's like no it's you i want it's still you i want to use and so i can use Aaron as an interpreter as someone that will relay the message but i will speak to you directly it's you i will still speak to directly and i just really love that about the person of god the nature of god that he would choose mortal men to house his glory and don't even get it twisted it's it's an amazing thing for god to want to be glorified in in your life you know i know there was some point maybe like last year where i was just thinking that you know when you see some things in the bible and god is like it's so that i can get the glory from it and we tend to get some kind of defense kind of defensive like god why would you let this happen you know god doesn't cause us evil but you know god why would you let this happen and just say that you want to get the glory from it but now i'm realizing there's nothing else i would want from my life there's no better thing no better results that can come from my life than god being glorified it's an amazing thing for god to look all through the earth and choose me yes I might feel too young yes I might feel like I don't have it all together I may not have the resources but he still wants to use me and I think that's very amazing I think that's that's something that I should be you know we should jump at the idea right that God will come to you and he's like I want to use you. Like Isaiah. And he's hearing God like, 
who shall I send to these people? And Isaiah's like, here I am, God, send me. What better purpose for my life than to be used by God? It's such an amazing thing. You know, you think about, you know, if you think about anybody in the Bible, they all had some kind of weakness, but God's power found expression in it. And sometimes he dealt with that weakness, but sometimes he left it so that he can gain the glory, he can get the glory from it. And one particular story that really stands out when you think about that is Gideon. Right, the angel appears to him and he's like, mighty man of valor. And it's like, this is Gideon. You know, Gideon's like, wait, hold up. Of all the tribes, I am the least. I am from the least of the tribes. And then, even in my tribe, I am the least in my family. I'm the youngest. I am the, you know, I'm the weakest. And God's like, yep, that's essentially why I chose you. It's kind of like it's your weakness that qualifies you before God. You know, it's the fact that David was the weakest. That's what made Samuel anoint him as king. And God's like, I don't see how man sees. Because Samuel looked at all the other sons and he's like, surely one of these men, you know, they're probably well built with the muscles and everything. And God's, and Samuel's like, surely it's got to be one of these ones. And God's like, nope. Not this one, not this one. Until small David comes. The shepherd boy. Can you imagine how that would have been for his brothers? Like, wait, what? What just happened? David? He can't even hurt a fly. Which isn't true, because David killed a bear and a lion. But they don't know that. Probably didn't know that. But they, you know, we see people in the lens of their weaknesses but God's like yeah my power can be expressed through that and you know you fast forward and you know Gideon is even like God okay let me be sure that you actually mean what you're saying okay so he gives God this kind of like kind of like a test like God okay let this fleece be wet with dew and let every other place be dry then I will know that it's you that is sending me and it happened and he's like, okay, God, okay, I'm sorry, but let's just run this back again. Let's do it the opposite, opposite way. And it happened. And okay, he's convinced, right? And so he goes out with his 32,000 soldiers, if I'm not mistaken. And God's like, listen, you have too many men for me. They're too many. And I'm sure Gideon was like, wait, What? I'm over here thinking like, God, you better send us back up. Like, I hope you got your angels on standby because like, we're going to need some help because these people are many. I think it's in the Bible where it says like, their camels alone were like they stand on the seashore. So just imagine how many these people were. If only their camels were that numerous. And God's like, yeah, 32,000 is too many people for me. I do not need so much because if I use them, they're going to beat their chest and be like, oh, this was me. Oh, wow. Can you see how strong we are? Just 32,000 of us beat these people up. 
And God's like, nope, too many. And so they run a test, and I really don't want to go into the details of it, but they do a test, right? And God's like, okay, tell anybody that doesn't want to be here to go home. And 22,000 people leave. Isn't that crazy? It's not even half. It wasn't even a 50-50 split. And then Gideon's like, okay, surely this is enough. Like, this this was too much, but okay, 10,000. Deal. And God's still like, Gideon, Gideon, Gideon. You still got too many men for me. There are still too many. And I can imagine what's going through Gideon's head. He's like, okay, first of all, God, I can't even fight. Look at me, I am weak. And then you don't even give me enough men to even go out to fight with. And God's like, nope. Reduce them. And they run another test. And they end up shortlisting the, um, the group to 300 men. And God's like, yeah, perfect. Perfect. That's the right amount for me. 300 men to defeat a company of people that are numerous because his power is about to find expression in that in the fact that they are weak they are, they are far numbered but you see if you go back to read that chapter you see that they didn't even have to do much fighting like they didn't even do any fighting they blew trumpets and they went ahead and God literally set confusion in their camp and their enemies started fighting one another. They started killing themselves as they came forward. Isn't that crazy? The amazing things God wants to do with us. With your yes. With your okay God. Okay. Without the complaints like Moses, like God, I'm this and that. Don't you think I know all your weaknesses? Don't you think I know that you're the weakest in your household? You know, and I feel like I'm emphasizing a lot about, you know, being too young because I know, especially even most of my listeners are kind of like young, like me, right? But you also might feel like you're too old, right? And when I think about that, I think about Abraham and Sarah. Their problem, their weakness was they were too old to bear kids. And God's like, I make you a father of many nations. And Abraham, I just feel Abraham just being like, okay, cool. But like, I will just like to be a father of one. Like, I don't even need all that. I just want one. One child, God. That's it. That's all I ask for. And, you know, even at the point when it was getting close, you know, for Sarah to even conceive and Abraham meets an angel and she has hears the angel say oh at this time you're going to bear a child um Sarah's going to bear a child and Sarah laughs like you must be kidding like I'm even saying right now I'm super old past the age of childbearing and then you still say in this time so you're still even putting it in future tense you're not even saying right now. But God's like, why are you laughing? What's funny? And she's like, nope, I didn't laugh. I, I wasn't laughing. Because like, you did laugh. But I said what I said. And it happened as that. So don't ever see your weakness 
especially the ones and the emphasis is on the weaknesses you can't change. Ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Because there are some things you can just deal with. You feel like you're inexperienced. You don't have this much knowledge of the word. You can start where you are and gain experience. You know, sometimes God wants you to actually start and you gain experience. David started. He fought that first battle. He went to face Goliath. And after that, he gained experience. He began to fight with the sword. Sometimes you actually have to start and then you learn on the job. But you can't just sit down and say, oh God, I'm weak. No. That's not an excuse. Don't let anyone despise your youth is what Paul tells Timothy. But be an example to all believers. I love that because you can also be an example to the believers that despise you for your youth the believers that say that you're too young or look at you like you're too young look down on you like you're too young and i'll share a story um this happened last week i think friday and i was we're in church it was a prayer meeting right and an altar call sort of so to say was made and the leader the person leading the prayer he was just like the altar is open if you feel like you really want to go deeper with God and like you just want to break out of this mediocrity and go deeper. The altar is open. You can just come and kneel before your maker and just worship him and talk to him. And while I was there, I, I just saw a little child, like this little girl. She's She cannot be more than 10. And she just went forward and she just knelt down and... Like, because I was only seeing her back and the posture, she looked super humble. Like, I was awed in that moment. I was like, wow. In that moment, she was an example to all the believers there that looked at her, that saw her. She was a good example. Then I began to look at myself like, this is a child with the little knowledge that she probably has. She's able to have that awe, have that reverence of God. Want to, to, she actually desires to go deeper. Then how much more in me? So we see that happen very often. That you can be an example. So I hope something is shifting in your perspective and you begin to see that. Your weakness might just be God, the perfect thing for God to use. Because she might be looking at herself, oh, maybe I'm too young. You know, it's just for the older people. But after she came, a lot more people came forward. I don't know if it was her that made them come. But it was definitely a a beautiful sight to see that little girl. And she didn't know. That's the interesting thing. You don't even know that you're you're touching lives. You know, you can be an example to your parents. If you have a similar background like me, you know, with African parents, and we know how the thing goes. Um, but you can be an example. And they don't have to tell you and say, oh, you really pushed me to learn how to love. Or you really taught me this or taught me that. They don't have to say that. But knowing that... God can use you. 
yes you are young yes you don't have that knowledge yes you don't have that influence yes you are not the most popular but God can use that he really can all through the Bible we see how he does in amazing ways in ways that will show that it could have only be God been God and that's why Paul has a change of perspective now and he's saying I take pleasure in my weaknesses I am glad to boast about it if you ask me the first thing I will tell you talk to you about or if you say tell me about yourself I'm telling you about my weakness first because that is the way that the power of Christ is made perfect His power works best in weakness. That's the best time for God to show up and show off. And how amazing it is. How amazing it is that God wants to show off with our lives. He wants to show his glory. I want nothing else. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about whoever listening, but... I don't want anything else for my life than God being glorified. I don't care what it makes me go through. And I hope I really mean these words. I hope this is not just something I'm saying for the purpose of this episode. I hope it's something I really mean. I don't care. I don't care what it will cost me. But I'm satisfied of just to see God glorified. It's that Antonio Bassi song. I really love it. He says, take the stage, Lord, and have your way. And just a vessel and nothing more. And when you're done, please take the glory. I'm satisfied just to see you glorified. That's it. That's enough. It's enough for me. It's fulfilling for me. It's fulfilling that God wants to use me. Because if I were him, I wouldn't choose me. I made one too many mistakes. I have disobeyed him time and time again. I've been very inconsistent, very disciplined. So I wouldn't choose me. But he's saying, yeah, I can still use you. Yes, you've got a lot to work on, but I can still use you. So I guess what I'm saying is, there are some things you need to work on and we actually need to be serious because God God doesn't work with lazy people. Like this is a whole other episode if you just want to talk about laziness over here because I am sitting comfortably on this table. God doesn't use lazy people. Go check it in the Bible. Everybody, every single person that God used, they had something doing. They were busy. They weren't just sleeping or doing, you know, even God came to Samuel in the dream and, but he was busy. He was in the house of Eli. Eli. He was already working in the temple. He was already underscoring someone. He was already learning. So God never uses lazy people. So maybe you just have to fix up. And the weaknesses you can't change, he can use that. It's okay, boast about it. It's okay to be weak. In fact, that's the perfect place to be before God. It's those that are humble that will be exalted. It's not those that seem to have it all together. It's those that don't. 
and so i just hope that this word just really resonates with somebody um the way it came today i just really feel like it wasn't just for me uh, there's someone that just needs to hear it and i don't know who that is but i want to be faithful to just put it out there and i just hope you see it and i hope you are encouraged and i hope you begin to see your weakness as strength because when you are weak then you are strong because now you rely on the power of the holy spirit now you gain strength from him that's amazing just thinking about this word is just like making me smile so much because it's so so amazing that god i can't i can't fathom why he would want to use weak people He really does use the foolish things to confound the wise. And I love it. I love that he can use my weakness. So I give it to him. I don't shy away from him because of that. I don't say no to what he would have me do because I feel like I'm weak. Because I feel like I'm too young. Because he can use that. Maybe he even wants to use that. Maybe that's why... He's sending me to these people. So I would do everything that God says to do. Because his power can find expression in my weakness. And that is enough for me. Amen. So I would just like to say a prayer to close this off. And I just pray that you go back to even read this word and i pray that the holy spirit does more he speaks more he reveals more truth and he shows you the areas in your life where he can get the glory and he shows you the areas in your life that you can do something about that he wants to do something about amen heavenly father i just want to say thank you for your word Holy Spirit, I just exalt you for this word that you've brought to your children and to me, God. I pray that these are not just words, that we will meditate on these words, that we will think back and they will be efficacious in our lives. I pray that you show us the areas in our lives where you can get the glory. And we will not give excuses as to why we're unworthy. We will yield to you and just say, yes, Lord. Like Abraham, yes, Lord. Like Samuel, yes, Lord. Speak, Lord, your servant listens. Like Isaiah, we will say, here I am, God, send me. That if you can use anybody, you can use us. And Holy Spirit, we pray for the strength to deal with the things that we can work on, to improve on our crafts, to improve in our tasks, to improve in the, in the areas you've placed us in. Because we can get better at it. We can get better at teaching the word. We can do better. In our conversations, we can do better. We can learn our craft. 
we can get more creative and so we yield to you we don't give excuses when you call us and I pray that you will get the glory from our lives God we repent from all the ways that we've tried to get the glory for ourselves we've tried to take the glory and withhold the glory from you and we give it back to you God and we say that let your will be done let your kingdom come and take the glory when you're done Lord take the glory we're satisfied with you being glorified and this becomes our reality thank you Holy Spirit in Jesus name I pray amen thank you guys for tuning in today um this was a full word for me it was definitely very um it was comforting at the same time it was instructive so it's like okay these are the things you know there's just like okay these are the things i need you to work on i need you to fix this do something about it do better right because it doesn't reveal the things you're doing wrong just to condemn you no he shows you and it shows you that you can fix up you can do better and so i just hope that this resonated with someone i just hope that the right ears hear this word and i have a part to play in that i know that i've not been you know the best when it comes to like you know sharing it i definitely will do better um in a couple weeks you just wait and see like i'm going to be in your faces like <laughs> but in the interim in the meantime i'm sure this with someone um i strongly feel like somebody needs to hear this there's someone that this is for i do not know the person but share this share this on your stories um as you listen just share it to anyone that you feel like might need this word um if you want to rate it if you're feeling up to it and you can give us a rating can do whatever you want i keep saying that do whatever you want um but it'll be really amazing really nice if you can and talk to me about it share you know share what you think um is this something that god is talking to you about if you feel like you're the person that this word was for engage with me talk to me about it um what about it really stood out to you um what is the holy spirit speaking to you i'm really curious to know um and that'll be really amazing and so without further ado this was a super long episode bro <laughs> you know i don't realize how much how long it's taking until i actually like because usually my laptop screen just like goes off you know so i don't see how many minutes it's getting to but like this is super super long but anyways I, i'm learning to stop complaining about the event like this is the holy spirit show so he's gonna say i'm gonna say everything he wants me to say and i you know if it takes long i'm sorry um but yes okay so without further ado i love you with the love of christ bye